what's the saying? They say you never miss what you had until it's gone. But what if you chose right? What if the very thing that we thought we had to hang on to because we would miss it immensely later was the very thing that we needed to let go in order for us to truly grow? We're uncorking that and more on the next episode of Uncorked. So I'm involved in this mommy group with a bunch of different women from all over the country, Um, young women, older women, uh, seasoned women who, you know, their children are grown adults, you know, a lot of them, some of them grandmothers, a lot of them having uh, young adult children, some of them having smaller children, um, and some of them just on their ways to becoming moms, new moms for the first time. Um, I had one mother post today, she actually stated a couple of things that were close to home to me. She says that she had ended a two-year relationship over the fact that the person she was with had admitted to tolerating her son. She says that he had basically fell into this father figure role, but stated that he only did that so that he can be with her. And that even though, you know, their relationship was something that he really was determined to make work, he actually dreaded even driving over to her house to hang out, knowing that the son would be there. She's saying now that the relationship is over, she's having second thoughts about whether or not she did the right thing by breaking it off. She says that she feels on one regard that, you know, he was a great person and maybe he would have changed as time went on. Um, But then on the other hand, she believes that the right person wouldn't look at hanging out with her son as a chore. And she's looking for words of encouragement on whether she did the right thing or the wrong thing or what we would have done in her shoes. Here's the thing. I was in her shoes before. I was actually one and a half times. Um, The half time would have been where it wasn't um, I didn't actually have my child yet. I hadn't given birth yet. I was in a long-term friendship. And I have to stress friendship because we weren't really in a relationship. We were not intimate. We did not even live in the same area. But we had known each other for a very long time. And we had feelings for each other for a very long time. So when I was in a different situation with someone else where I was intimate with that person and I did end up having a child with that person, um, unplanned, did not prepare for it, did not plan for it whatsoever. It just, boom, here we go. You're having a child. I knew that me and that person were not anything and we were going nowhere and nowhere fast. But I still did have feelings for this first person. So my question to the first person was, hey, could you ever see yourself raising someone else's child? And he's like, well, what do you mean? You mean like a family member? I'm like, no, I mean you in the home with someone who you're in relationship with, they have a child. Could you see yourself raising your significant other's child, even if that's not your child? And his response, just as clear as day, was no. 
he said he could not see that. He said that that is something that he absolutely does not want. He does not want to raise another man's child. He does not want to be responsible for the next man's baby. And I knew at that moment that no matter how I felt about him previously, I had to dead that situation. Like that was going to be it. And that was going to be it because I had my child already growing on the inside of me who I already developed love for, who I already developed my own feelings for. And I was in protective mode. I was in protective mode. It did not take me very long at all to get into that mode of I have something that I need to protect now. And this thing comes first. And so even though I thought that he was a great person as well, because he was ultimately, I mean, he was, I don't really have anything terrible to say about him. Um, He was a great person. Obviously, he was someone who was smart, very intelligent. Um, not, Not only could he hold a conversation really well with you, but he can hold a conversation with pretty much anybody that he comes in contact with. He was very charismatic, very intelligent, um, respectful, and just head on his shoulders right, knew where he was going in life, knew what he wanted, knew what he didn't want. It was one of the things that I loved and hate about him at the same time, because the main reason why I had to cut ties is because he really knew what he wanted and what he did not want in life. And he was adamant about it. And he's like, you know what, here's what I want. Here's how I want it. And here's how I'm going to get it. And for many things, he went right after and he got it. And he got those things. Um, And if it was something that he didn't want for whatever the reason was, he made sure not to have it. And because he was very clear with me on what he was not with, because he was clear, it made things a lot easier just in the fact that I didn't have to wonder, right? I didn't have to wonder about it because I think a lot of times when a guy or maybe on the opposite side, on the opposite side, if it's a girl, if somebody's telling you, okay, this is what I want. And I don't want to, I don't want to settle for less than this, but then they, you see them constantly settling (laughs) for less than that. Then it's very easy for you to get the, the idea in your mind that like, well, that might've been what you said then, but that's not necessarily what it looks like now. So I, I know I can change your mind. You know what I mean? Like I can change your mind or your mind is changing. So you don't really know what you want. Let's see where things go. It's easy to have that. It's easy to get uh, mixed up and confused with that idea when somebody is not sticking to whatever it is they said that they that they want or or vice versa, something that they don't want, but yet they constantly accept it. I don't want this, but then you see that they constantly accept it. So then it makes it difficult for you to change anything because it's like, well, you said you didn't want that and I heard you, but you constantly accept whatever is given to you. So why should why should now be any different? Okay. So with him being very clear with me on what he did not want, um, and then me seeing his track record. Okay. Like, all right. I, I never really seen him in that situation. So maybe, maybe this really is not what he would want. And to take it serious, to take it serious because I take my own life serious and to be like, okay, well, I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm miserable because this person does not like what they're dealing with. Like, 
even if he did change his mind later, which I don't believe he ever would have, but even if he did later on start to try to like warm up to the idea, it would always be in the back of my mind what he initially said he did not want. And so when things would start to have friction or if there ever started to be a little bit of an issue, I would know in the back of my mind what he said initially. You know what I mean? Like it would it would dawn on me each time that there was a problem that like, well, he never he did not ask for this. He did not. He said he did not want this. Not that he didn't ask for this, because that's a that's a different subject of I didn't ask for this. But no, he said straight up. This is not what he wanted. So he was very clear with me. And because he was clear, I was able to take it, swallow it and not get upset about it. You know, of course, of course, it's not the what you want to hear. So you feel, you know, you feel a little way, but it's not a situation where you're angry, where you're angry at him or where you're, you know, severely depressed over it. Or it's not something that like has to take you out of character by any means because they're they're being honest with you and I appreciated his honesty for everything. I really appreciated his honesty because that's not something I had a whole lot of experience with. I had not heard a lot of guys come out and just say exactly what it was. Exactly what it was. They would always try to mask it into something that they think you want it to hear versus what they actually felt. So it was a breath of fresh air and I, I I just took what he said and I sat with it because, you know. I think it's important for us to remember that we have to position ourselves for purpose. And I know a lot of people, when they hear that, they think of, you know, jobs, maybe their careers or maybe, you know, where they stand within their family. But I mean, overall, overall, your life, your entire life, your entire being from start to finish. Are you making sure when you reach a certain age, are you now starting to make sure that you're positioning yourself for your purpose, whatever that purpose may be? Think about that. Think about what your purpose is in this world or what it could be in this world. What what do you feel like you're being pulled to do? What do you feel like is is um, the core of who you are? You know, what are some boundaries that you have? What are some deal breakers for you? What are things that you absolutely positively cannot live without? And what are some things that you absolutely positively must have? I know I just said the same thing twice, but never mind that. You get what I'm you get what I'm trying to say. Who are you at your core? Where are you trying to go? What are you trying to be? What is your life supposed to say about you at the end of it all? When it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? And are you positioning yourself for that purpose? Because a lot of the decisions we make from, you know, once you become an adult, from the, the types of jobs that we accept to the types of relationships that we, we jump in, it's going to come down to, is this helping to serve your purpose? Is it adding to where you're trying to go or is it taken away from that? And I know that it's so, sometimes it's really hard to walk away from a lot of these things once you realize that, wait a minute, this might not be, this might not be helping me to get where I'm going, but I really liked it and I'm really attached to it or it was bringing me a lot of joy in the beginning. 
I know that it, it can be the hardest thing in the world to walk away from what you had in mind. I trust me, I, I live it. <laughs> I've lived it. It seems like the hardest thing in the world to walk away from something or an idea that you had in mind for, for this is, this is going to work. This is how this is going to work for me. And then it starts to show you better than it could tell you that, no, this is not really working toward, for your benefit. It's not really working within your, uh, your expectations of where you're trying to go with your life. It's not working. It doesn't fit. It doesn't go. And it becomes difficult to just accept that and to walk away from it. You know better, but you don't necessarily know how to do better just yet. I know a lot of people like to say that when you know better, you do better. Eh, sometimes. Sometimes. But then there are some times where you may know better, but you don't know how to get to that better. So then you settle for where you're at. I want us as a people, men and women, to get to a point where we don't just know it in our minds, but like we're learning how to make that next step. Because knowing better is not just about what somebody told you. It's about what you've seen, what you put into action yourself and what you're actually able to do or produce after what you've learned, what you know. And I think that when we when we take on friendships or relationships or situationships, however you want to describe it. Um, we look at it like, you know, well, I, if I, if I get with this person, then I'll have a connection to this, this, that, and the third, you know, maybe they will fulfill my need for attention. Maybe they will fulfill my need for, um, relevancy at this, at this specific moment, or maybe they will fulfill my need for, um, caretaking. You know, I know a couple of dudes, even within my own family, I'm not ashamed to, to, tell a little bit of the males in my family story, but a lot of them have um, grown up in a household where they were pretty much baby to death. And so getting a woman who was much like their moms, who they loved dearly because mom took care of them, mom babied them, mom took care of them, mom made sure they were always good. And so now when they're looking for women, they're looking for women to resemble what mom was or, or or to to look like what mom represented to them, which is a caretaker. It's not really a woman. You're you're looking for a caretaker. And even for guys who didn't have their mom's kind of baby in them, especially matter of fact, I think they might even just be a little bit worse. The dudes whose mothers weren't as affectionate, weren't as caretaking, weren't as sacrificial. You know, they weren't they weren't make laying their lives and laying it all on the lines for their kids. The ones who feel like they missed out on that mommy son relationship, a lot of them, they are looking for that with a vengeance. They're looking for that with a vengeance. Like they they are severely <laughs> looking for a mother even in their 20s, 30s, 40s and some of them older than that. And so it's like, you're not looking for a partner. You're not really looking for a wife. You're not really looking for a woman. You're looking for mommy. And so you're going after women who have some of these qualities that remind you of that. And you're thinking like, if I make this connection with her, then I know that I don't have to worry about my livelihood because she's going to make sure that I'm all right. She's going to make sure that I'm, you know, whatever. And it's just like, what do you know anything else about her or him? besides what they can do for you. And I know our selfish nature makes us only concerned about what the person is going to do for us, but that's not really love now, is it? That's fulfillment of a need. 
that's fulfillment of a need. It's not really love. Love happens after you realize that those needs may or may not even be met. How do you still feel about that person? Even if they cannot meet every last one of your needs, how do you still feel about them, about who they are? Do you even know who they are outside of the meeting needs for you? Superficial needs at that, because a lot of it just has to do with, you know, making us feel good, making our endorphins, our endorphin levels very, really high or whatever. So it's like, okay, you got to, you got to high off of that person. You got to high off of the next person. You got to high off the next couple of people after that. You're constantly getting high off of people. But what happens when you get high is that there is going to be a moment where you're going to come back down. So when you come down off of your highs, what do you now think of that person? Who are they and what do they mean to you when you're no longer on a high? high? Who are they to you? Because just as much as we think that being connected to certain people for these um, highs, I'll say, you know, if I make this connection and, you know, this person gives me this kind of high, this kind of a feeling or whatever, we think that there are so many perks to that. But I'm here to tell you, there are a lot of pitfalls as well that you can encounter because of who you may be connecting to if you're not connecting to them for the right reasons and if you're not connecting to the right type of people. And if you don't know who they are, then how can you say? A lot of women tend to regret. Now, I'm, I'm kind of guilty of this. A lot of women tend to regret turning down a situation because of what it could have potentially had been. Oh, it could have potentially turned into this. It could have potentially been like that. But what if it could also have potentially been something terrible, even more terrible than what it ended up being. When somebody tells you that they don't like your children and then you keep them around, what happens if they potentially start to abuse them? What happens if they potentially start to put them in danger and harm's way? What happens when they potentially end up causing a rift between you and your children? Potentially. Oh, he could have potentially married me. Okay. Or he could have potentially strung you along for 10 to 12 years or more. You know, I think that it's really easy for us to get upset with ourselves and, and thinking that we're missing out on something. But what I've, what I've been learning and I've been learning this more recently is to just accept when God isolates me especially from people, especially from certain people, whether it's friendship, family, or, or men. When I'm thinking that I I need to be more social or I want to be more social, I'll say, and I want to be out dating and I want to see what's really, 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 really good with somebody. I'm now learning now that there, it's important that God isolates me at different moments. And I don't even, matter of fact, I won't even use the word isolate. I prefer the term insulate because when he's insulating me, it's a reminder now that he might be trying to protect me from a certain experience that I may not, I might not have seen coming. And does it get tough at times 
when you're looking back and you realize that, dang, I just walked away from something that could have potentially been something else. Does it get tough thinking about those things? And, you know, especially when it seems the moment you're single, everybody else is booed up. Yeah, it, it gets it gets tough. But when you start feeling like it's getting a little too lonely, those are the moments that I think it's important for us to start looking inward. Finding out what it is that we enjoy, who we are, what do we feel, what do we really feel, what do we really want, what is our purpose, are we working towards our purpose in in any aspect of our life, you know, what is it that we enjoy in, in our lives right now as it is, do we enjoy anything about it, you know, are we trying out new activities? Let's go try some new activities. Those are the moments where I strongly encourage men and women to, if you're on your own, you're single and you're not really, you know, in nobody's face and ain't nobody really in your face at this moment. Those are the moments where you can be taking advantage and going to try new activities, visit new locations, take yourself somewhere by yourself. And while you're there, prioritize your happiness in those moments. Because if you're a parent, especially if you're a parent like me, there are very few times that you actually get to enjoy a meal without being called on for something or going shopping without having to spend money on your little broke bestie too, (laughs) or being able to take a bubble bath and exfoliate or nair or even take a crap in peace without someone waiting on you at the bathroom door. Take advantage of those lonely moments. Take advantage, go and read something, get you a good book iBookstore, whoo, girl, boy, (laughs) they have everything. Hit up Barnes and Nobles, get you a good book. Grab you a notebook and write or your cell phone and type. Your laptop, jot some things down. Then plan your days, set aside time with your family. You know, you can, you can set up dinner dates or lunch dates, uh, breakfast dates with your friends, whatever you, whatever suits your fancy. And attend some community events that that actually interest you. Don't do it just because it's happening if you really don't feel like going. But if there is something that sparks your interest in the community, take advantage. You know, you're not lacking anything by choosing what's best for you and your child, mama. You're not. Dad's listening. If you have children and you, you feel like, Every time you're ready to get in a relationship with a woman, she's presenting some serious issues. I don't mean little stuff. I'm not nitpicking. I just mean like things that that should be no uh, deal that should be deal breakers for you. If she's presenting those deal breakers to you and you're just feeling like, oh, my God, I can't I can't find a woman that's suitable for me and for my children or the children that I'm raising. Take those moments, take a moment away, take just a break. I'm not saying forever, but take a break. Take a moment away from the dating scene and just try some of those things I mentioned and realize and remind yourself that you are not lacking anything right now. Yes, it would be a beautiful blessing for somebody to come in and be a part of your family and to help to add to it, but don't forget they'd be adding to a whole that's already whole. Let's make sure that it's already whole before you're bringing somebody in. You're not lacking anything by choosing what's best for you and your children, I'm telling you. Your children will love you forever and they'll respect you always for the sacrifices that you make. I know because that's how I feel about my own mother. 
I know because there's nothing that anybody can do to try to replace my mom. There are just certain things, certain lines I just never cross with my mother because I have a certain level of respect for her for the sacrifices she made for us. And I'm telling you, especially when it's right, you don't have to sacrifice your happiness for your children. Just make sure you're truly actually happy. Because a lot of things that we think that we're holding on to so that we can be happy, they end up hurting us in the long run. So they're not really making us happy at all. So it's best to let those things go and then be happy with what you have and then keep working and doing you and growing you and and becoming the beautiful you that you're supposed to be. And then somebody else that's meant for your life, that's purposed for you is going to be for you. They're going to come in and they're going to be for you. And I think that God is going to make it apparent. And at that moment, you'll be a whole being. So you'll be able to receive them even better than you did when you were broken and searching. And not only will you be able to love on yourself a lot more and have some self-respect for yourself a lot more, but you'll become the inspiration to your children, their children, and those coming after them. Maybe even a good example for people around you to see, because God knows we need more people in this world who can be open and honest and have some self-confidence and operate out of self-respect and hold some integrity about themselves. We need more of that. So if you can become that as you continue to grow, then you've never lost. You haven't lost anything at all. You only stand to gain. So again, mama who's listening, chin up. Because your journey is not over. There's definitely better ahead. Thank you again. This has been another episode with Uncork with Champagne. I'll see you guys next time.